Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are. You know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And buckle up, boys and girls. I got something cool for you this week. A couple weeks ago, old Uncle Mike stopped by the show. He's doing a little co-hosting thing. We're talking about some seller financing. And I said to you guys then, we need to get Josh on the show. We need to get Josh out here, the buyer that did the seller financing deal in the truck. We need to get Josh out here to talk more about this from his end. And a lot of good value going to be in this episode, guys. I'm excited about it. Josh, are you with me? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Welcome, man. Welcome, welcome. So, Josh, you are a realtor with uh, the Musgrave Group out of Tampa, correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. All right. Awesome. I, guys, here's the thing. You get, you hear me talk about this a lot. I make fun of realtors all the time, and that's because, you know, I am one, so I'm justified in making fun of realtors because, frankly, there's a lot of tight-ass agents out there. But when I heard the story about Josh doing the seller financing deal with my business partner, Mike, I was like, oh, hell, I got to get him on the show because it's rare that you have a realtor even consider seller financing. Half the time when I make an offer or something or I talk to somebody about seller financing, the first thing I hear out of the realtor's mouth is, isn't that illegal? It's like, no, you dipshit. It's not illegal. It's called taking payments for equity. It's what they did in the all of the 1980s when interest rates were like 20-some percent. I mean, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, guys, this isn't rocket science. It's just taking payments. It's not illegal. Banks would probably want you to think it's illegal because you're stiffing them out of a fortune, but that's a whole other story for a different day. This week, I want to kind of break into kind of the story of how it came. So, Josh, you're you're doing a uh, you're, you're a painting company, if I remember correctly at the time, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, um, I was operating a residential painting company. I still do kind of on the side, but right. um, yeah, so I, I'm running this painting company. Uh, Mike called me to come do a job, and uh, so that's where I met him. I started off, I think I was painting a couple rooms in his house, the ceiling. Right. And, uh, and then eventually we did some other work. Um, and yeah, man, he ended up being a cool dude and we became friends. Nice. So he tells me a little side story about you had this ladder sticking out of a car. Tell me more about that. <laughs> okay, man. All right. First of all, I need to set the record straight. Right. It was not a Geo Metro. It was a 1999 purple Dodge Neon named Barney. And it was my girlfriend's. Because that matters, okay, damn let's it. let's get that straight. <laughs> and That's yes, cool. the ladder was actually longer than the car itself. That's so, actually, I'm going to give you a pass on that one because I actually did own a car like that that I drove. And I didn't have a girlfriend to blame it on. I actually had to take it for the team on that one. So, also awesome. Cool. I like it. I dig the fact that you're like, dude, I got to get some work done. I got to make some money. Uncle Joe's not going to send me a check. So I got to get to work and pay my bills. So please continue. Yeah, no, it was serious back then, man. So I had this thing ratcheted down in the car. Nice. I mean, I totally, I totally thrashed the car. That's a whole other story, but <laughs> still with the girl. Yeah, that, uh, that whole situation was symbolic of, of the relationship, but right. that's another conversation. So I guess that's anyway, an ex-girlfriend. So- yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we, had, we actually ended up doing a house deal together which you know it wasn't oh. terrible but it went it went a little bit sideways too but so for the ladies so, in the audience josh might be single but you're gonna kind of want to make sure he's got a pickup before you date him <laughs> i do i got that taco baby i love it nice all right please continue but yeah so um yeah so i pull up in this clown car uh to mike's house this is like a you know this 80 pound extension ladder I used to jack around, right. uh, do three story houses, uh, you know, just psycho stuff, you know, 
can't really do that anymore. But I roll up to Mike's house and, you know, he was obviously kind of like, what the hell is this? Right. You know, <laughs> type of thing. And, uh, but no, we ended up, we ended up doing, uh, doing some work there. Um, like I said, you know, we pretty much became friends, but, uh, I started this, this whole company, you know, with nothing on my own. I started off with nothing, obviously. Um, and I just needed to make some money, like you said. So right. yeah, that's, that's the vehicle I had available at the time. I jammed everything in there and I did everything, you know, from there, just bootstrapped it. Um, and not easy. I'll tell you that. I can imagine. So then you, so you get, you get going, you get clients, things are going well. You want to expand, you want to upgrade, you want to get a vehicle. How did it come that you bought Mike's truck? Yeah. So, you know, when I pulled up there, you know, he had it in the driveway and I, I just, you know, I like Toyota's I pretty much ours. I like Toyota's. So, I was like, damn, that's a nice truck, dude. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I appreciate it. I love it. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Mike's an airline pilot. And most of the, most of the airline pilots, you know, either I know or I've heard of are extremely meticulous uh, individuals. So I figured, you know, he probably took good care of this truck and he did. Um, So it's going through my head. I'm like, oh, that's that's nice. You know, I wonder if he's driving it. I think he was uh, renting it out at the time or doing delivery, something of the sort. Oh, that's right. um, so it wasn't like his primary deal. So that's when I started thinking about it. And uh, I think basically he wanted to see if he could trust me. We did the first uh, smaller job inside the house. It went well. Right. And then we expanded out and did some stuff in the garage. And, you know, he, I guess, figured out I was cool. And, uh, and uh, I, I think I texted him one time. I'm like, hey, would you consider, you know, uh, selling me the truck? And I don't, I don't know if he was, you know, about it at the time, but apparently he went and saw that one guy you guys were, you know, mentored by Larry and Larry. uh, Yeah. 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 So with the whole seller financing thing, and I still happen to ask him again because I really wanted the truck. So I asked him again and then, you know, he was, he was super into the idea. There you go. So that's how it went about. It's interesting. You know, I've, Larry's a good friend of mine. He's a mentor of mine. He's one of the ones that taught me seller financing, and I use the skills that he taught me to this very day. Matter of fact, I use those skills today to put together a $3 million deal of my own. So it's interesting how you come out of those. And that's why those of you that are listening, it's like I, I make fun of the gurus sometimes, but Larry's not a guru, first of all. Larry actually is out in the field rolling up his sleeves. He's a practitioner. Okay. There are people that, that uh, stand back and like to talk about how wonderful they are, and then there are people that just – don't have anything to say to you. They're just out there doing deals and making it happen. And the the latter is Larry Harbold. He's a guy that's out there doing deals, making it happen. That's why he was able to leave the union, uh, the welders union, the pipe fitters union, which is that's a well-paying gig, by the way, guys, and uh, moved to Florida, retire early, get the houses going. But he started by this all came to pass by taking action and getting out in front of people and doing things like, Hey, is that truck for sale? And then, so Josh, you're, he realizes that he, he decides you guys have built a rapport by this point. He's, he likes mm-hmm. you, you like him, you trust each other. You're doing good work. He can see that you're not a jackass, which is good. And then you decide you want to buy the truck and then work out some sort of a seller financing deal. What was, what, what did that look like? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, at the time I was pretty broke to be totally honest. Right. Um, and, um, so Mike didn't have to help me, you know, he's, he's just a good dude. Right. Wanted to help me out. So, um, he's like, yeah, you know what? We can do the deal. 
And the main thing is he was always saying, he would always say, well, what, what can you pay? You know, what do you want to pay? That's not a situation of I need X amount, you know, and X terms and, you know, trying to knock me over the head with interest. It was just, you know, trying to see, you know, genuinely how, how he could help me. So, you know, we came up with the number, like something I could swing every month. Right. Um, and, uh, I just, you know, I think I paid some attorney's fees and stuff. He had a contract drafted, uh, by an attorney friend. Right. Um, and we did that. It was super easy. Went to the DMV, he put a, a lien on the, on the, uh, on the title. Right. And, uh, that's it. I made payments and, and paid it off. That's awesome. So I want to unpack a couple things there. Now, one of the things that Mike asked you is what he learned from, from Larry, cause I learned the same lesson. So Guys, when you're doing seller financing, don't go in and overpromise what you can do. If you're on the buy end of a transaction, don't go in and say, I'll give you $5,000 a month if you don't have any earthly idea where you're going to get five grand. Go in with what you can do. Okay. Go in with if the, and what more importantly, what can the deal afford? It's a work truck. So, Josh, you, you, having, if you went out tomorrow, if you had an endless supply of money in the biggest painting company in Tampa Bay, you're not going to go out and buy an F 350 King Ranch loaded and then they hand it to some guy who's painting houses for you that he can go trash and spill bear paint all over. That doesn't make sense. So you're not going to pay $1,500 a month for a truck because the, the deal, the company, it, it can't afford that for a work truck. So then Mike asked you, what can you swing? What makes sense? And guys, he's doing that. Mike asked that question because he wants to say, he wants to know what Josh is willing to pay within what, what will work for him because what Mike doesn't want is his truck back because you heard Josh say that he's a, he's a meticulous guy and I'm the same way. I'm like crazy meticulous. If you use something of mine and you scratch it, you have to buy me a new one. That's my rule. Mike didn't want to borrow my bike when he comes, when it comes to key West. And finally I'm like, it's all right, man. The bike didn't cost that much. It was like two grand, <clears throat> but you need an e-bike cause I'm not waiting around for your pedal, your, your non e-bike pedaling ass to catch up with me. So either you get on my bike and pony up to buying a new one if you scratch it, <laughs> which was my policy because I'm an anal jackass like that until I bought a new shiny bike. And it's kind of funny watching the transition because Mike's tall. I mean, he's like super tall. He's like, you know, I'm 5'10", and it seems like sometimes he's twice as tall as I am. But uh, <laughs> I've got like full man size bike, and I've got another mini bike. So Mike was riding the smaller one. He liked the smaller one better, so it all worked out well. But my logic was is like I don't ever want the bike back especially if it's tore up. So same thing with a house and a bank guys, if you're the type of jackass that doesn't pay your mortgage and then complains that the bank's out to get you, they don't want to steal your house. They don't want anything to do with your house. They just want the money. And frankly, you just became high maintenance because they made their money when they originated the loan. That's how loans work. Um, and the minute you become a high maintenance pain in the ass, guess what? They just want to dump the house, take cut their losses and move on to the next one. Because that's how the loan business works. Josh, you know that being a real estate agent. Um, so Mike is qualifying Josh to see, does he have the mindset, number one, that he's not the guy that's going to go out and buy that 2022 King Ranch that's probably these days with inflation. Good not. How much does that cost these days? It's what probably 150 grand or some stupid figure. But there are guys out there that will spend that kind of money on a work truck and then consequently go trash it. And then they bitch when the repo company comes and you know, they get 10 grand credit for the car and you still owe like another 140. I have 
for, former friends, I should say, that I've distanced myself from that are out there paying a thousand bucks a month for a car to impress their friends. And then their friends are going out and buying a bigger car to impress the guy that bought the thousand dollar car. And it's like, guys, I have mortgages that cost less than your cars. And y'all aren't that smart to begin with. So if you hiccup, things are going to go wrong. So I liked this, that, that, that you were, he number one qualified you. And more importantly, you were like, yeah, man, this will work. Here was the payments I can make. And fast forward to today, you paid the truck off. It's, it's yours. So you're good, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, on that other thing, like you can't learn and look good at the same time. Amen. Right. So, <clears throat> so it, it is what it is. You know, you, I wanted utility and that's what I got. Right. You know, I read the purple books too, and there's no reason to get in deep for a liability. So, you know, this made a lot of sense and, uh, yeah, I paid it off. It worked great. It's awesome. I love it. Um, every time I go to Toyota, uh, they're always trying to get me to trade it in. They're like, well, Oh, do you want to trade it in and upgrade and, or can, or can we buy it from you and this and that? And I always tell them like, not only can you not buy this truck, but when I'm done with it, I'm probably going to use it as a raised garden bed. So, See? you know, get the step in. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Try the deal. You got to move to Pinellas Park, take the tires off, put a couch in the back. It'll be <laughs> great. <laughs> For all of you who live in Pinellas Park that are hearing the sound of my voice, don't sue me, bro. But uh, <laughs> part, they know, they know, they know it's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like the realtors that they, they don't get mad at me because they actually don't think I'm talking about them. I'm like, yep, I was talking about you, idiot. It's you. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, you. I'm talking about you. I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> so how does this translate now? Now that you're a realtor and you're out doing, doing deals, do you see, do you, are you now incorporating some of this creativity into your, your real estate business? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like this whole thing is pretty much, I don't know if you're familiar, if you're familiar with the term agorism, but you know, I'm not. like this whole vo- volunteer mentality, um, this is the future. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is how the way that society is going. Uh, in my opinion, like, um, you don't, we don't need all these third parties and, 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 you know, all this red tape and these fees and anything like that. Like if we want to do a deal, I, I need, I should be able to shake your hand and do a deal. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, um, you know what I mean? So that's where I look at it. And, and, you know, as far as real estate, uh, you know, the clients, a lot of times, you know, it's, you know, buying and selling a house is kind of nerve wracking, obviously, you know, oh. uh, it's a difficult situation. They're looking for me to, to guide them through. Um, but so they're relying on me to come up with these things, you know, they're saying, okay, but the main thing is they have to trust me. Yes. So if they're working with me, they look me in the eye, we shake hands, they trust me. That's it. Right. We do a deal. So whatever I come up with, you know, they're going to have to understand that I'm, I'm the professional in the situation and I'm going to do what's best for them. Right. You know, so, you know, that's how that goes. And that, that makes complete sense. And I just get, I just did a video for my clients. I, it's tough being down here in Key West, right? All of my, everything, I shouldn't say first world problems. It's tough being in Key West. It's not really tough being in Key West, but as a realtor, it's a paradigm shift for me. I come out of the Tampa Bay market where the average selling price is a couple 300,000 to down here. The average selling price is like 1.2. And it's like every deal I look at lately is at least a million dollars or more. Um, but <laughs> The customer, the client, the buyer, the seller, they need all the same things. And at the end of the day, they need somebody that's just not going to blow smoke up their ass. I looked at one over the last 24 hours where the client said, what do you think about this? Is it a great deal? And I said, well, frankly, it's I, it doesn't make any sense to me. There's nothing else in the neighborhood that's on. This one is not on the water. 
And the ones on the that are on the water sell for two million dollars and two and a half million dollars. But this thing's priced at one six. When I look at the ones that are not on the water, this thing is twice the size. It's it's the giant uh, surrounded by dwarfs. And you know, I'm not an appraiser. At the end of the day, as a short term rental, will it work? Perhaps, but there's a lot more to to answer that question. So I deep dove with the people and I sent them a video and broke it all down and I gave them all the expenses. Here's what it costs. Here's the management. Here's the whole nine yards. And you know what? The deal sucked. It absolutely sucked. Did I get a sale out of it? You're damn right. I did. You know why? Because they're like, geez, they appreciate the fact that I'm honest with them and I lay everything out. Meanwhile, I come to find out they were under contract with another agent where the other agent was leading them down a path on a property twice the price. It's like, and they hadn't explained any of these people would have been on the hook for a $3 million mortgage. Uh, it's unbelievable. And I have a lot of buyers like that down here. I got some folks from the Northwest, great people, same thing. And fortunately they haven't had that same experience. They're, they're really super savvy folks, but people depend on us as agents to give them a straight deal, to not make things harder than they have to be. The con that transactions don't have to be simple. And Mike and I are learning that lesson here in Key West, it's like we a couple of weeks ago I was having lunch at the Key West Yacht Club, and Mike and I looked at a deal nine months ago that we passed on, and uh, because it wasn't appropriately licensed for the way it was, we wanted to run it. And I'm sitting at at lunch with a guy who owns a bank, and come to find out the guy that owns the bank knows the seller of this house because we we're just talking about deals, and he was he was uh, you know recruiting us for his our lending business. As we have a lot of referral business, we're buying properties down here, whatever. So I'm talking to this banker and it's a complete different conversation because these are straight up people. They look you in the eye and they shake your hand and they mean what they're going to say. And by developing that relationship. And for those of you listening, there was no fancy footwork. There was no super secret squirrel NLP Grant Cardone, super secret bullshit. It was just a couple guys <laughs> having lunch having a simple conversation. Nobody's posturing. Nobody's blowing smoke up each other's ass. We're just regular people having a conversation. Hey, I would like to bring debt into some of my deals. Hey, you, you own a bank. Maybe we can work that out. You know, he's like, yeah. So that led to putting me onto a deal that we're proud to announce as of tomorrow morning, we're going to be fully under contract where we got a verbal today on it, which is exciting because it turned into a great deal. It's going to be a fantastic deal. Those that choose to join us and uh, commercial, by the way, I'll just throw in there. If you want to know more about this, you need to get over to keywestcashflow.com and get registered for our next webinar. That's where we're going to be talking about this, but not to get off track. It's these building these re simple relationships. It doesn't mean you have to be married to your buyers and sellers, Josh, as you know, <laughs> it's about just talking to people like you, you, you talk to Mike, you built a report to build a relationship. So it becomes natural for Mike to want to get on board with selling. First of all, selling you his truck, because make no mistake. Those of you guys that are listening, if you're buying somebody's vehicle or somebody's possession, who's meticulous, because I am that seller. I got one of my boats up for sale right now. My boat is flawless. Okay. I, you, know, you know this because if it didn't, if it wasn't flawless, I would have burned it to the ground. I like everything nice. I'm not going to sell my boat to some toothless redneck that's going to slam it into an oyster bar because that would be, I would keep me up at night. So Mike is the cost of the psych. I am. He's very meticulous and he likes things a certain way. And I, that's why we probably get along so well, but you guys built this rapport 
So he gets to see that you're a guy that's got his act together. And it's refreshing, I got to tell you, Josh, to see somebody like you getting a real estate license. Thank God we need like 100,000 more of you in the country. Or maybe 10,000. We don't need 100,000 more realtors. Good God. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a big country. So thank you on behalf of the buyers and sellers you are going to work with in the future. If I'm a buyer and seller, it doesn't matter whether I'm an investor, I want to buy a house for me, my family, my daughter, my son. You're in Tampa Bay, guys. How do they, how do they reach out to you? How do they, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, for sure. So they can email at uh, Florida freedom realty at protonmail.com or uh, can I get my phone number? Is that aggressive? Yeah, absolutely. No, man, you gotta okay. be aggressive in this world or nobody's going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. So either that email or um, it's area code 941-321-7651. That's the best way. Okay. Call me, text me. Um, it's all good. You know, I'm, cool. I'm here to help. And, that's uh, cool. Yeah. That's it. So guys with that, first of all, Josh, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on the show. I really appreciate it. And, and just to re- reiterate guys, 941-321-7651. Once again, 941-321-7651. I'm going to put this in the show notes. It'll be out in the cash flow guys community on the Facebook page, Instagram, all that. We'll get your stuff out there. If you're in the Tampa Bay yeah. market and guys understand this, I don't endorse other agents very often. Okay. I'm doing, I, I'm endorsing Josh because number one, the story is compelling. Number two, if I trust Mike's judgment, if Mike says he's a solid dude, then it, that's all there is to it. Because obviously I'm trusting Mike with my reputation and my money. Holy crap. I got a lot of money <laughs> invested in this thing. So this, he's the guy you need to reach out to. Uh, the right mindset as, as a realtor, those of you that are realtors listening to the show, is to refer people that can help. What do I mean by that? If you got somebody that doesn't have to be an investor, but you got somebody that, that seller financing can benefit, like a seller that maybe, for whatever reason, a seller financing deal makes sense and you're not comfortable pitching the deal, flip it to Josh. Flip it to Josh and take a referral. Don't just blow <laughs> the lead and let it burn because they're going to do it without you, but f- flip the lead or just do here's the thing guys i stopped taking referral fees uh, a while back i don't i just give the leads these days and why do i do that because i don't want to pickpocket the agent yes it's fine to get your little referral fee your 20 30 percent. i don't mean if fault any of you that that get those i mean hell i've made a fortune off of those over the years but at the end of the day as realtors we've got to help each other like you said josh we have to help each other as a society as a community grow and take things to the next level Here's a guy in Pinellas County with a real estate license who's not a whole schlepping wholesale bullshit deals who can help you get your house sold for top dollar or can go out and has the balls to negotiate a good deal terms. If need be, if it makes sense, he can help you analyze that, get out there, pick up the phone, call that 941-321-7651 and find out what he can do for you. Now, lastly, guys, as I said, by the time you hear this podcast, we are well under contract and we are headed towards the closing table. What does that mean? That means that you've got to get off the couch and make it happen. Get to work. It's go time. 2022 is going to be freaking amazing. And that begins and ends in Key West. Ask yourself this question, ladies and gentlemen. When the shit hits the fan, what do people do? They freak the fuck out and they go party. And where is that? They come to Key West. Why? Because the other countries won't let them come into their countries. What happens when things are great? They freak out and they want to party. Where do they do that? In Key West. 
keywestcashflow.com. See you guys on the inside. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.